Welcome to the Conversations with Christians Engage podcast. Hosted by Bunny Pounds, this podcast is created as part of our ministry to awaken, motivate, educate, and empower believers in Jesus Christ to pray for our nation and elected officials regularly, to vote in every election to impact our culture, and to help us engage our hearts in some form of civic education and involvement for the well-being of our nation. Please share this podcast and our ministry with your family and friends by asking them to take our pledge to pray, vote, and engage. They can take the pledge on our website at christiansengaged.org. We can all change America one heart at a time. We are here to serve you and empower you to be a leader in your community. Each week, we upload the audio recording of our weekly Psalms Bible study. This week, we covered Psalm 81. To sign up for the Bible study and find out how to join us live each Monday, visit our website at christiansengaged.org and click on the Bible study tab. Good morning, everyone. Uh, so good to have you on this morning with us, uh, Christians Engaged, and our Psalm Bible Study. And so thankful to have uh, Kevin Freeman today as my co-host this morning. And it's going to be a, a wonderful 30 minutes or so of just exploring specifically Psalm 81 today. That's what we're going to key in on this morning. So I want to just uh, open us up in prayer and then we will get going from there. Father, we just thank you for uh, this day, for this morning, Lord Jesus. Uh, Father, we thank you for uh, the opportunity to study your word, Heavenly Father. And uh, I, I just thank you that for those who are joining in today, those who will be watching this uh, in the future, Heavenly Father, this teaching on Psalm 81, I thank you for the heart to study your word, Heavenly Father. There is uh, I think as your church, in the days that we've been living, there has been a lack of studying your word and uh, diving into the scriptures. But Father, I thank you for this opportunity of, to study today together. And Lord, we just pray for your anointing, your blessing, as we uh, look at Psalm 81 today. And Father, that you would touch hearts and lives. We just give you all glory, all praise, all honor today. And we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, we're going to study Psalm 81 this morning, and I wanted to read it uh, quickly before we kind of dive into it and give some thoughts on it. And we'll have a time of prayer also this morning. So uh, Psalm 81, uh, verse one says to sing aloud to God our strength, make a joyful shout to the God of Jacob, raise a song and strike the timbrel, the pleasant harp with the lute. Blow the trumpet at the time of the new moon, at the full moon, on our solemn feast day. For this is a statute for Israel, a law of God of Jacob. This is this he established in Joseph as a testimony. When he went throughout the land of Egypt, where I heard a language I did not understand. I removed his shoulder from the burden. His hands were freed from the baskets. You called in trouble, and I delivered you, and I answered you in the secret place of thunder. I tested you at the waters of Meribah. Hear, O my people, and I will admonish you. O Israel, if you will listen to me, 
There shall be no foreign God among you, nor shall you worship any foreign God. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. But my people would not heed my voice, and Israel would have none of me. So I gave them over to their own stubborn heart to walk in their own counsels. Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. I would soon subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their adversaries. The haters of the Lord would pretend submission to him, but their fate would endure forever. He would have fed them also with the finest of wheat and with honey from the rock. I would have satisfied you. So that's Psalm 81. And just give a little uh, introduction and context to Psalm 81. I think if I had to personally summarize Psalm 81, it would be something like this, that we're to come to the place of worship. We're to remember all that God has done for us and then return to him with all of our hearts. And it's in that place of worship and returning to God that he desires to pour out his blessings upon us. So the Psalm 81, if you read the first part of the scripture, uh, to bring context to it, we see it, we see throughout scripture where at different times, God uh, has appointed times for his people to come together. And one such time for the nation of Israel was during the Feast of Tabernacles. It was an annual feast where people would come to praise God and remember his faithfulness and care for them during their time in the wilderness. And this feast that it describes here in Psalm 81 uh, begins five days after the Day of Atonement. And at the time of the fall harvest has just been completed. So it's a time of joyous celebration as the Israelites celebrated God's continued provision for them in their current harvest and remembered his provision and protection during the 40 years in the wilderness. So Psalm 81 was really written with kind of with the Feast of Tabernacles in mind. It begins with the call of work to worship, a call for people to gather together and praise God. But what becomes clear is, as the song continues, is that God is calling his people back to him. Uh, many have forgotten his faithfulness and disobeyed his commandments. And the majority of the psalm is really a call uh, for the people to remember who their God is, to repent, and to repent of their unfaithfulness. So that kind of gives context to, the, to Psalm 81. And if you kind of break it down into a few different parts, the first one, of course, is a call to worship. And this psalmist Asaph begins his worship uh, song, this writing of this psalm by inviting his congregation, inviting those to, uh, to, to come and to praise God loud and long. And he is adamant about the need for worship. And that's what I love about it. And if you, if you read Psalm 81, it's actually like a series of five imperative commands in quick succession where he says, sing aloud, to shout for joy, to raise a song to strike the, the tambourine, to blow the trumpet. And so he's calling the people to this place of prayer and to come to that place of prayer to remember who God is. And it's not even, it's, and he's, the way he describes it is not a passive activity, but it's full of worship actions, of singing, of shouting, of dancing and blowing the trumpet. And um, I think it's in these places of corporate worship that we're called to rehearse the goodness of the Lord, not only in our own personal lives, but corporately, all that the Lord has done for the people of God. And that's why it's so important to gather together. So that, that first call is the call to worship. And uh, 
Kevin, uh, I just would say this really quickly, and we want to hear your thoughts on that also. But one thing I've, that I have noticed over the last two years and still continues on on this call to worship is I'm so thankful for technology. Of course, we're using technology this morning and uh, and webinar and Zoom and all of that. Uh, and I'm, I was thankful for the online services that took place when many churches were shut down. And I believe that even the online services continue to be uh, a, a place of help for those who are shut-ins or elderly, can't make it to that corporate place of worship for whatever reason. But I also feel like in this day we're in that people rely upon the online services to an extent to where they have forsaken in some ways the coming together of corporate worship. And I don't think there's any substitute at all for corporate worship. The scripture is clear that we are to come together as a body corporately to worship the Lord. And I think that's what Asaph is saying right here in this psalm of the need for corporate worship, of coming together. And uh, again, uh, you know, if, if you're if someone's watching this today and you do all of your services online and maybe there's uh, uh, medical reasons why you do that or not able to drive. Thank God for the technology. But if you're able to corporately gather, I would encourage everyone Go to the place of worship, uh, get with God's people and worship the Lord. And I feel that's what he's calling us to is a place of corporate worship here in this first part of Psalm 81. So, Kevin, thank you so much for joining me today. And uh, so bless you and honor you and love to have your thoughts on a little bit of this also today. Yeah, well, well, thank you, Lewis. Uh, you know, I I looked at this and studied studied and I I. I'm glad you focused on the first part of the worship, because actually where the Lord took me was into the, the latter part of the psalm. Um, and, you know, I, I think one thing to point out is, is in my Bible, it says Psalm 81, an appeal for Israel's repentance. And you mm -hmm. talked about that. You talked about repentance. Uh, but uh, it follows the Feast of Tabernacles follow the Feast of Trumpets, which were 10 days of repentance. Mm -hmm. And they're held right, you know, so close together in time during the year. And yet, despite the fact that they'd had 10 days of repentance, they're still needing to have repentance. And I think that that's, I think that that's true for, for um, the people of Israel, but it's also true for us today. You say, oh, I did that. You know, I did my repentance. I'm done with that. No, it's, it's a continual act because we continue to walk away from God. And it's a continual reminder that we need to, to keep coming back to him. Amen. Yeah, you're absolutely right. In that Psalm, if we read Psalm 8110 that I just read, which says, I am the Lord your God. Who brought you up out of the land of Egypt? Open your mouth wide, and I will fill it. So, if we're coming together corporately in worship to remember all that God has done, then we get to this verse ten, Psalm eighty-one ten. Um, I think God is saying in some, in, in some ways, why asking the question, why are you uh, in some ways abandoning me? Why you know I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of slavery, out of Egypt brought you to the promised land. And he's saying, if you will just open your mouth wide, if you will look to me for satisfaction, look to me for joy, look to me for the fulfillment in your life, look to me for security, look to me for all these things that I will satisfy you with. I will satisfy you more than anything else in the world. I will give you a security that this world cannot give you. I will give you a joy that surpasses circumstances. I will give you an identity that's unshakable. 
if you will just look to me and trust me, open your mouth wide, he says in verse 10, and I will fill it. And uh, so this is a call to relationship with the Lord. And he is the God. He's a God of relationship. And so we're not just saved out of the land of Egypt and slavery. We are saved from the power of sin for all eternity. And I love that about uh, the psalm right here to remember all that the Lord has done. And uh, of course, Romans 8, 2 says, for the law, the spirit of life has set you free, Christ Jesus, from the law of sin and death. And Romans 6, 11 says, so you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. And John 8, 36 says, so if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And then we get into that place of repentance that you were just talking about. And it, it is a call to repentance in Psalm 81 where it says in verses 13 through 16, oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. I would soon subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their adversaries. The haters of the Lord would pretend submission to him, but their fate would endure forever. He would have fed them also with the finest of wheat and with honey from the rock, I would have satisfied you. So there is that place that he's calling to repentance to end this Psalm, uh, as you said, Kevin. Yeah, and, and you know, the history of this, there's so much hidden in each of these psalms that you, you just glance over it. Oh, well, it's poetic language. Uh, but um, in verse 7, for example, you called in trouble and I delivered you. I answered you in the secret place of thunder. I tested you at the waters of Mirabah. You know, I, you could easily, easily just jump over that <laughs> and not realize the waters of Mirabah were where the the Hebrew people were rebelling against God. You drug us out in this wilderness and we're going to die here of thirst. We have no water. God tells Moses, go speak to the rock. Go speak to it. And uh, Moses goes and instead of speaking to the rock, he gets angry with the people, uh, arguably to defend God. As I found myself doing so many times, people say something against God and I get angry and I defend God. But he does it in his own human strength, and he he strikes the rock instead of speaking to it, and, and that was a big decision for him. I mean, he mm. did not go into the promised land because of that. Uh, God didn't get the honor and the glory. He had a, a human arguing on his behalf, which is great, but it wasn't in in obedience. It was in anger, and so there's just so much throughout every one of these psalms. If you dig into it. And you look at, you know, whether it's blow the trumpet at the time of the new moon, like you, you Lewis, walked through the, the specific feast that they were in and the time period and what it was about. But in verse seven, that just really struck me that repentance, uh, here's a repentance from something that Moses uh, Moses did. The people were angry, but it's just hidden throughout throughout the psalm. So much, so many good, deep things, if we'll take time, cross-reference and study the word of God. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good, Kevin. No, I totally agree with you. And um, and I do feel like the, the the day that we're living in right now, I believe the Lord is, you know, we've gone through COVID, we've gone through crisis, two years of crisis going on, and there's there's more to come. I really do believe that. You know, I, I love to study the book of Joel. Uh, and I think the book of Joel is, is a, especially Joel 2, is a call to repentance. And I sense that we're living uh, in a kind of a Joel 2 season right now uh, uh, in the context of what the Lord is doing, where there is this call to repentance from the Lord. He's saying, 
we're in a time of crisis. We're, 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 we just live through a crisis. There's probably more crises to come. But at the same time, the Lord is doing incredible things. At the same time of crosses being released or crosses happening, there's going to be a, this great, great outpouring of the Holy Spirit and a move of God and revival and awakening almost happening simultaneously. And in the midst of that, the Lord is saying, and, and Joel says, return to me with wholeheartedness. Return to me with, you know, uh, rend your hearts and not your garments. And uh, I feel like that is the work the Lord is doing right now. When you when you keyed in on repentance, I feel like that was so key because that is what I feel like the Lord is doing in his in the body of Christ in general right now is he's calling us back to wholeheartedness. And uh, even this morning, Kevin, you know, when we were reading, we read Psalm 81. And I have felt that there has been a lack of, the best way I know to put it is biblical illiteracy. People do not, I'm talking about the body of Christ. Many believers don't really know what the scripture says. You know, there's so many issues facing our nation right now. They don't really know what the Bible says. And so, and it's mainly because they don't read it. They just maybe listen to a sermon. Uh, there's not any type of in-depth Bible study or devotional time. They don't hear the, the voice of the Lord in those times. And I believe the Lord is calling us back to this book here, to the scriptures, to study it, to know it, to read it, and to call us back to that place of wholeheartedness, uh, where the things that have distracted us, that have taken our attention, and not necessarily evil things or bad things, just life sometimes takes us away from our dependence upon the Lord to remember his faithfulness, to remember his goodness, to repent of those things that have that have taken our affections, our heart, and he's calling us back, really back to that place of wholeheartedness, to that back to that place of first love. And I, that's what I sense the Lord is doing right now in his body. I mean, I, I do believe the, the return of the Lord is near, that he's wholeheartedly right now himself preparing his church for his return. And part of that is this place of repentance, of moving our hearts back into a deep affection for him and that first place of first love. Totally agree. You know, I think it's interesting in the Psalm there, I identified three types of people that were called out by God. Um, um, one of them is those who are serving false gods. And that's in verse nine. And that was true of the people of Israel uh, even when God delivered them out of Egypt, they turned to the, to the graven image, the calf. Uh, but there are false gods that have gone throughout the, throughout the world. And, and they have power, these false gods. They, they're not completely powerless because, they're, because people ascribe authority to them. And you think, well, that just happened in the old days where they would worship Ashtaroth and they would worship Baal and, and, and so forth. But it's actually happening today. Uh, it's happening today in so many ways. And Jonathan Kahn's got a new book out. Uh, what, what's the title of that book? The Return of the Gods, where he yes. talks about how how people are worshiping the possessor, the enchantress and the destroyer. Well, you know, abortion. What is that other than the worship of Molech? It's, you know, mm -hmm. it has power because humans ascribe power to them. It may be that these are demons that appeared in, in, in the earth and, and that they took God like form and they appeared as, as gods. But there is a false god worship happening now. And it's not it's not just, you know, that's not just a thought, you know, that Jonathan Kahn had. I've actually seen evidence of where they went to the super collider uh, at, in uh, CERN 
And at the super collider, the scientists erected a statue of Shiva, the mm. Hindu god, the destroyer. Wow. And they were doing worship ceremonies, whether they were doing it in jest and making fun or, or they were doing it in reality. Uh, it, it's it, you can see it. They've actually done this. And there's a worship of false gods, whether it's jestful or, you know, we see it at Halloween. There's almost a worship of false gods that happen yeah. and people laughing about it. But there are sincere people that are that are following after these false gods. Well, that's a warning from verse nine. That's one type of people. Second type of people if found in verse 15, the haters of God who would pretend submission to him. And we see that all over the place in modern society, people yeah. who pretend like they're following God, but they really deep down hate God. I mean, when they're bringing and trying to justify the killing of babies yes, uh, as, 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 you know, well, we're being Christ-like and godly killing babies. And, and that's going on, the haters who pretend. And then, of course, the third type of people that's mentioned here are the true believers, the ones who would turn to God. God would, would and his promise is, is very sure, he will subdue their enemies and turn his hand against their adversaries. So I, I pulled out of here three types of people, and, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. What was true in the days of Psalm 81 is true uh, today, in that we're seeing all of that happening. We're seeing people who are worshiping false gods. We're seeing people who pretend to worship the one true God, but are really haters of him. And then the third one is the remnant, the, the small number. And, and I think your point is really on target, Lewis. This is what we should expect to see in the last days. And mm -hmm. it's coming out very brazenly. This is not what we saw in 1950s America, where there was this brazen worship of, of demonic, the brazen Satan worshiping. You know, I mean, now we're seeing court cases, Church of Satan suing so that women can have the right to kill their babies. And, right. and, you know, it's very overt now. It wasn't overt in the 1940s, 50s, or 60s. Well, no, you're no, you're absolutely right. And um, you know, I, I, and you just describing that. One thing that's been on my heart is um, we have to be in that place right now. And I believe the, and I'm talking we talking about the body of Christ. We have to be in that place right now where we are letting uh, our roots go deep in the Lord and to be able to hear his voice in uh, this hour to be so attuned to what the Lord is saying. And because there is so much deception now that we're seeing at so many different levels uh, that we have to be a people that are rooted and grounded in the scripture, grounded, hearing the voice of the Lord. And I hear so many believers, you know, say, I don't know, I don't, I can't hear the voice of the Lord. I don't know the voice of the Lord. Uh, and I believe we, we're in a place where we have to be led by the Holy Spirit in our daily lives and decisions that we make, because or we will succumb or uh, be deceived in our own hearts because we don't know the scriptures or uh, we listen to everything but the word of God and what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. So I do feel like this place of repentance is goes deep in the Lord and he's calling us back to him. You know, uh, when we went through COVID, I was on a lot of different pastors, prayer gatherings on Zoom and everything else like you probably were and many people were. And I remember the guys saying the, the pastors, uh, both men and women saying on these Zoom calls, when do you guys think everything will return back to normal? 
And there was just something in my spirit when they when I hear that question, and I was here that you know I hear the Lord speak to me personally and say things will not return back to normal as they once were. That we're we're in a different season now, and uh, the and we and we see it again so many different levels. But we're in a different season now, and we have to position our hearts. That's why I love these these Bible studies for Christian engaged studying the Book of Psalms. We have to position our hearts to go deep in our roots, go deep in the Lord, so that we are not shaken, we're not moved, and we're not deceived. No, absolutely. And and to your point, it's right there in Psalm eighty-one, verse eleven. But my people would not heed my voice, and Israel would have none of me. So I gave them over to their own stubborn heart to walk in their own counsels. It is failing to heed the voice of God. Well, that's the sin that from which. And then it goes on in verse 13 says, oh, that my people would listen to me. It begins with listening and receiving his word that Israel would walk in my ways. And then in verse 16 at the end, it, it, even though it talks about the haters of God pretending submission, it says he would have fed them also with the finest of wheat and with honey from the rock. I would have satisfied you. And, and I just, as I read that, I realized, you know, the same God that could produce water from the rock when you speak to it could produce honey from the rock. Oh, yeah. This is a God who can provide anything we need if we'll listen to him and obey him. As long as it's aligned with his purpose, this God has no limitation on what he will give to us if aligned with his purpose. So how do we find his purpose? We go to his word. We listen to his voice. It's a combination of of his written word and the voice of the Holy Spirit, the still small voice in our hearts leading us and guiding us. And if we have that and we begin each day with, Lord God, what would you have me do? I, I tweeted this this tweet and, and I'll end my comments with, with this. Let's see if I can pull the exact yeah. tweet up to, to give it to you because it, it really truly is um, uh, what, it says we're in a battle between good and evil too often we focus on what evil is doing rather than asking God what we should be doing. And I yeah. think that's where we are. We need to stop focusing on what evil is doing and start asking God, what should we be doing? And I, that's what I love about Christians Engage. <laughs> we should be praying, voting, and engaging. Amen. Amen. That is so good, Kevin. Would you, uh, and I'll pray also, but would you just, how do you feel led to pray right now? I feel like we need to just pray into what we've been speaking into. and. Um, if you would lead us, and then I'll also pray uh, also. I'll start with Heavenly Father, we do repent. We repent because we have not listened to you. We've gone after our own ways. We've pretended to submit to you, but we've acted in hatred towards you. How have we done this, Lord God? You know. You know we've done it by rejecting your word. You know we've done it out of pride. We've done it to preserve and protect our reputations rather than to be seen as one who, who believes in, in a cosmic deity. But you are a real God. You are, you are real. You created the heavens and the earth. And, and I believe that each person on this Zoom call and those that will listen, we know deep in our hearts the reality of a creator God who has provided his word, sent his son Jesus to die for us and offered us salvation. Father, I pray for all those who are on this call that if they've not accepted Jesus into their hearts, that they would do so now, that they would recognize that the path and the direction of their life and this earth is not a good one. 
and that apart from you, Father, we will burn in hell and die, and it will not be good for the earth. It will not be good for our lives or our families. We need you, but we're grateful because you have given us a path out, a solution, an answer. You've promised that you would feed us with the finest of wheat and with honey from the rock you'd satisfy us. You promised that you would deliver us as you did the children of Israel from the land of Egypt. You promised to take us out of the bondage of sin and reputation and worry and fear and doubt and regret and all of those things and to release us into the love of Jesus Christ where we can share the, the good news with those around us. So Father, I pray that this song would quicken our spirits that we would turn to you and we would partner with you in seeing your goodness, mercy, love, and, and kindness spread throughout this earth. Give us humble hearts and wise eyes and a heart that, that serves you. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I just so agree with all that Kevin just prayed, Lord Jesus. And Father, as, as we read Psalm 81 today, Father, there is a call to worship at the beginning of this of this uh, psalm, Heavenly Father. And I, one of the burdens of my heart has been uh, so many believers that I know personally that are that are not gathering for corporate worship, or they're 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 maybe watching online, or they just got even got out of quote the habit of going to church, Lord. But Father, I believe in this hour that you are calling your body together corporately. Lord Jesus, to come to the place of corporate worship, of corporate prayer, Lord Jesus. There is something about that dynamic of your body coming together, Lord. It's like an like an explosion in the spirit, Lord. And Father, I pray that over believers, even maybe watching this teaching today, Heavenly Father, that that uh Father, that do not have a place of worship, Lord, of community. Lord, community is so critical in this hour, I believe, also, Lord, but it comes out of this, it flows out of this place of worship and prayer. And Father, I just pray that over your body today, over your church today, Lord, that we would be a people that gather together for corporate worship or to remember all that you've done in our personal lives, Lord, and, and also in our uh, incorporately, Lord Jesus, uh, in your church, Lord, and in our in our friends and our gatherings, Lord, I pray for that. And Lord, there is a mighty call in this hour to repentance, Lord, to return to you with all of our heart, Lord, and that you in that place of returning to you, Lord, Father, that those things that have distracted us, those things that have uh, been almost like uh, deceiving to us, Lord, they have led us off. Uh, astray and off the path, Lord, of righteousness and holiness, Lord, and purity that you're calling your bride to, Lord. I pray for those listening, Lord. I pray even in a larger context for your church in this hour, Lord, to return to you with wholeheartedness, Lord. Father, uh, a desire burning in their hearts to live a life of holiness, to live a life of purity, Lord, to study your word, to, to, to go to that place of prayer, not just for an hour on Sunday morning, Lord, but every day, God, that you are calling your church to that to that secret place, Lord, uh, that Psalm 91, he who abides in the shadow of the Almighty will, uh, uh, he who abides in the shadow of the Almighty, Lord Jesus, that uh, that will be a place of refuge. And I pray that over your body today, Lord Jesus, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty, Lord. I just pray that today. It comes out of that place of corporate, uh, uh, excuse me, a personal devotion, Lord, that everyone listening, Lord, they would have that place of, of 
of daily devotion and studying your scripture, whether that's 15 minutes a day or, or an hour a day, Lord, it's so necessary in this hour to let our roots go deep in you. So I just release that over your church today, over your bride today, Father, and say, uh, Father, that you, Lord Jesus, are worthy of all praise and glory and honor, Lord. Father, we thank you for uh, every uh, uh, believer that's listening today, and even every individual listening today that maybe does not have a personal relationship with you, Lord, but as Kevin prayed, you've led them uh, to listen to this Bible study today, Lord, and your arms are open wide to receive those, Lord, who desire a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and we just say yes to that today, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We bless every listener. We bless their families, Heavenly Father, that we would live under your uh, protection, your provision, your blessing in all of our lives. And we just give you all glory and honor. I thank you for Kevin and his dear wife, Lord, and uh, the impact that they are having, Kevin is having across not only this nation, but even nations, Lord of the earth. And I just bless, uh, bless them today. And thank you, Lord, for our time together. And we just pray your blessings on, on Bunny Pounds, upon Christians Engaged, Father, this ministry that you are touching, that is really exploding across our nation. Heavenly Father, to engage the body of Christ in prayer, in voting, engaging culture, in government. And we thank you for that, Lord Jesus. And we bless you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, that was awesome, guys. I'm hopping on. Surprise. um i just so appreciate you men of god and just all of the incredible board members kevin thank you for serving on our advisory board for christians engage we so appreciate and uh and marnie has become one of my dearest friends i'm just so thankful for her and just love you guys so much and lewis thank you and rachel for walking with us um we're just blessed um i just had a couple announcements and i forgot to tell you lewis so i popped on here to tell everybody yeah uh, number one, guys, I'm going away for the next three weeks to write my book. So uh, I need some intercessors and some prayer warriors to pray that I can get my life story out, you know, 16 years of political stuff um, and how to walk with God in government is the, the the goal of the book. So if you will pray over my working title is Jesus in Politics, <laughs> how to keep your heart in a muddy and ucky world. Um, that's kind of where I want to write, but if you guys would pray over us as we go into this last uh, month and also pray for Christians engaged, just that God would just continue to expand us. Um, even this month with people thinking about, um, you know, helping us at the end of the year. Um, but we have a special presentation next Monday, Scott Jones, our vice president, and I will be sharing our 2023, 2024 strategic plan for Christians Engaged on this Bible study. So I just want to encourage everybody to um, to check that out. Come on next week. Um, and then we're going to have Christmas off, New Year's off. So we're not going to have a Bible study until we start the very beginning of January, the first day. I think it's January 2nd. Yeah, January 2nd will be our first Bible study. But we're going to shift it a little bit differently. Um, and I'll sh- explain more of this next week, but we're going to shift it to our podcast release, which we're going to do almost like g- sermon sermon uh, series. All of January is going to be on Jesus. That's it. Jesus. Five weeks on Jesus. And then we're doing a, a series on the transgender issue. We're going to do a series on local government. 
But every Monday, we're going to be releasing um, kind of our Bible study podcast. And we're going to ask you to join us on YouTube, on Rumble, on Facebook Live, comment and share it. Can you imagine if 50 of us were constantly sharing and commenting and interacting online um, with these uh, events? We can actually increase our audience exponentially. Mm -hmm. So if you guys do not have one of those social media platforms um, and you're like just stuck on Zoom webinar, please let our team know. We'll try to figure out a solution for you. But we want you to interact with us on these and they're going to be powerful. Um, And we've got some other opportunities for our audience to increase um, in January, too, with potentially Christian Post and others. So y'all be praying for that. And we're excited about 2023. Thank you, Kevin and Lewis, again. And thank you, everybody, for being a part of this. We just love you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Bunny. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Have a wonderful week. You too. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Conversations with Christians Engaged. Please subscribe to this podcast so you don't ever miss an episode. Also, please review it and share it with your friends. The easiest way to connect with us is to take the pledge on our website at christiansengage.org. There you can sign up for our weekly prayer text, our bi-weekly emails, and our voting reminders. Christians Engaged is supported by individuals just like you. Would you consider helping us with a monthly donation or a one-time gift? You can do that quickly at christiansengaged.org. What does America need in this hour? America needs you. We are here to serve you and encourage you as you impact your communities. Let's be Christians engaged for the well-being of our nation.